Hey everybody, welcome to episode 101 of the Is That Normal podcast, and there are three of us here today. We have a special guest, Tyler Boggs, who may or may not be related to me. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know Tyler is many things. So, so Tyler uh, is currently the leader of our high school ministry at our church, which is something I formerly did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he is my successor. Uh, he is also the grand uh, organizer and uh, leader of information technologies at our local school district. Hence the Bison Tech yes. shirt there. Yep. Good job representing. Um, you're also a barbecue enthusiast. Uh, yes. Yes, yes. He has got an enormous smoker. It's 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 a, a sight to behold. It's a, it's a Frankenstein. Would you call yes, it a Frankenstein yes. a, smoker? A Frankenstein homemade uh, <laughs> consisting of some, some auction items and some trailer house pieces, actually, <laughs> if you want to know the truth. Which all are elements of good barbecue. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> They go hand in hand. Yes. Uh, he's also a drummer. He's played drums for a lot of years, plays in our worship team off and on. Uh, so so he was currently on and now he's off. I'm as off of to, as of yesterday. As of yesterday, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a husband and a father of these two beautiful little girls who uh, are just fascinating to watch. Uh, and it's fascinating to watch Tyler be a parent to them. That's yes. also been really a good thing for me. Uh, he's also Randall's cousin and my cousin-in-law. And so we've all known each other and done a lot of things and have things that we could say about each other that we won't on yes, record. Please. So <laughs> these are all true. But basically if I had to if I had to boil it down, Tyler's life role is if if it's broke, doesn't work, or nobody knows how to use it, Tyler's the person you go to. Oh, that's Yeah. I, I sum myself up a lot of times at church as the spare tire. That's my role. Just wherever I'm needed. <laughs> Whatever's oh, broken, you can fit that yeah, spot. Yes, yeah. No. That's kind of what I do. So so we're glad to have Tyler on our podcast today to talk about some some of the, the generational distinctives that, that you've experienced in your own life and um, in the in our current generation of young people um, in our youth group and, and that we've interacted with. Uh, but but first we have a really important question. Yeah, so another thing that we all three share in common is that we all love music. Music's been a big part of our lives. We all are avid music listeners, music players, uh, but very different. Like, we all have very yes. different uh, tastes and, and stories and how we got involved in music. And so so the important question that we've got to ask today, and we'll start with Tyler's answer, is what is your go-to, like, rebel song, like, Fight oh, the Man, man. song? So, so this is a hard question for me to answer because I can't. I don't know if I can narrow it down to just like one song. I'm a I'm I'm a big like Pandora station guy, so I have like over a hundred stations on my Pandora. And so I probably go more towards like a a station than a particular song, but um if I had to narrow it down, uh kind of my go to background would be like like probably rebel outlaw country, like mm. like um a country boy can't survive, or long-haired country boy, or um, there's always classic Merle Haggard stuff, fight yes. inside of me, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, if I were to pick somebody maybe a little more newer, um, Chris Stapleton has some good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge bluegrass fan, but I really can't think of any um, necessarily rebel bluegrass. Bluegrass for me, a lot of the things I like, it's either like really 
happy stuff or it's like you know we're gonna bury you in a murder cult. ballads yeah yeah exactly it's, <laughs> like, it's like murder ballads and, yeah <laughs> although a, a good stick dark. it to the man song set to banjo is hard to beat it is oh man i saw something beautiful the other day i saw uh, bella fleck and another banjo player play europe's the final countdown and it was it was the Ooh, coolest thing i've ever seen anyway Side note. So, so one other song I will mention. I, I can't say it's my favorite, but it might be the most like out there, random, ridiculous thing that I've heard in a long time that falls kind of in this category. Um, that I don't know how it really made it on a record, but it's uh, Jerry Reed's Amos Moses song mm. because oh, yes, like wow. it's like a rebel Cajun song about a guy using his kid as alligator bait. <laughs> so like. <laughs> I don't know what you do with that. I don't know if that's a rebel song, but that is beautiful yeah, weirdness right there. It is I like so it. Weird. You should check <laughs> it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for me, you know, Tyler Tyler mentioned a couple of mine, you know, like the fight inside of me or something like that. But but the one I find myself quoting most often is the theme song song from Malcolm in the Middle by They Might Be Giants. You're not the boss of me now. You know that song? <laughs> yes, I do. And you're not so big. So I, I find myself quoting that one most often. So that's what I'm going with. You don't wow. live with a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the boss of me. Man, that's good. I like that. That's, those are good answers, man. I, so I grew up, my dad was the outlaw country yes. guy. And so, and which I, I say for nostalgia, I do go back and listen to that stuff. But at the time, like for me to be rebellious, I had to rebel against... You, Right. That. Yes, and yes. so, you know, so I listened to a lot of punk and heavy metal music uh, that was all about Sick It to the Man and Anarchy and stuff. But but probably the ones that I go back to that, like like you said, like come to my mind that well up without me uh, is Oh Porcupine by Me Without You. There's this weird folk indie hippie band um, who sings a lot about Jesus. And uh, and so that song is all about how. Man, we got to fight the status quo of the way life goes and find a better purpose. Uh, but an honorable mention is this like like 90s or late or early 2000s era metal band Blindside. And they had this song about the Holy Spirit that's called About a Burning Fire. And it has the best screaming like you know this guy's throat just like coming out of his mouth moment. That's like one of my favorites. So, yeah. So, so those are kind of mine. So, but today we're going to reach back to another great rebel song. Uh, from the who and we're going to talk about our generation well welcome back to the is that normal podcast and we just celebrated celebrated our 100th episode um and so so if you missed it go back and check it out uh we we give you a hundred things that you should know about teenagers and so, so there's really hard-hitting content in that. So go back and yep, check it out if you good. haven't seen it yet. So uh, today as we move on to episode 101, we have invited Tyler Boggs to join us. Um, uh, our new new youth <laughs> new, leader. New. new old <laughs> youth <laughs> leader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never you, left the youth yes, leader. Yes, that's right. Never left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, to, to join us and just talk about some of the trends that he's seeing in, in young people um, and and their their growth and their faith today and uh, but first we want to learn a little bit about you so, so tell us a little bit about your faith experience as a teen and a young adult mm, sure okay <clears throat> well um i became a christian when i was eight years old so um 
been in the church my entire life, not just the church as a whole, but the, this particular church that I go to, Calvary Chapel, and um, grew up here. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of believers in my family. Um, so I have, you know, a, a church background. Um, for me, my teen, early middle school, teen years, um, early middle school was a rough time for me, um, just because having grown up in in church um, and and probably having a pretty black and white, solid right from wrong um, personality and mentality as as kids around me started experimenting with things and, and just, you know, trying to figure themselves out. Um, I think I tended to, to write people off that I thought were not maybe doing what I thought they should and, and probably a little bit of a legalistic or, or better than them attitude sometimes. Um, and then that started to change and get better, I think, in high school. Um, in high school, I had I had a pretty good big group of Christian friends and um, we did a lot of things together. We're very involved in like FCA and youth group as we kind of already mentioned. And so um, <clears throat> that, that was a good good time for me in high school. Um, like I said, I, I had a, a pretty solid good group of friends to do stuff with. Um, a lot of times I kind of felt like I was the the uh, one that parents were like, oh, well, if he's going, it'll be okay, which <laughs> maybe was good, maybe wasn't. Um, right. You know, we never got too crazy, but. Uh... Yeah. So for you, you know, you mentioned several factors there, but like, like, could you maybe dial in or expand a little bit on like, what were some of the key things that helped you either grow in your faith or stay very grounded and stable sure. in your faith? Well, obviously, I mean, family was was a big part of that um and uh you know my dad has always been really um open to talk about spiritual things in scripture and and so anytime i'd have a a question maybe you know especially any kind of theological type things um he was always there to talk to but then i've always had um you know, relevant uh, youth leaders in my life, um, Mark being one of them, and then um, some middle school um, teachers as well that um, really uh, spent a lot of time um, with me and, and just um, beyond that, having a place to be involved um, from, from a very early age I've been involved at church um, through various ministries and, and been given opportunities to serve but also responsibilities and uh, even you know even in, in middle school age I started working with technology here at the church and, and had things that I was responsible for and I think that has been a big piece of my um, spiritual involvement and growth over the years is just knowing that I made a difference and that there was a place for my skills and my talents and my abilities to be used. So what would you say were some of your challenges in, in growing in your faith that you faced? Oh, um, I think like I kind of previously mentioned at a younger age, maybe in a maturity sense of the way of, of dealing with people in a way that, um, is inviting and welcoming to them 
um, and understanding grace a little better um, to offer to other people. Um, a, a challenge for me always in ministry, I'm a very task-oriented person, um, and sometimes that can get in the way of seeing um, the needs that people may have, um, which is really, you know, what ministry is about is the people, but sometimes you get busy trying to to do things that you think are ministry um, and, and overlook maybe the more um, spiritual or emotional needs that people have. So, so one of the nerd things I love to study and talk about is, is like the differentiation between generations. So, you know, so we've got, you know, right now there's somewhere, somewhere around five, maybe six like generations currently living, um, in disharmony with each other. Sure. And, uh, and so, uh, so I think it's always interesting. So, so I'm what they call generation X. So we're like the lost forgotten about generation between boomers and millennials. Yeah. And then you guys are both probably what I would call older millennials, yes. like you're millennials, but you're, uh, you, you were some of the first millennials born. So you're old. Yeah. And millennial. And, or uh, old and millennial, yes. <laughs> millennials with gray or missing yeah. here. That's right. So um, so maybe, and both of you could feel free to answer this. I think it's interesting. Uh, what would you say the differences were in your faith journey than others in your generation, other millennials that you grew up around or with? Well, so I know that the, the whole generation thing is, is locked kind of to specific ages and when you were born. But but I also think a big factor in that is um, the the age and the generation of your parents. And so for me, it's, it's kind of interesting. So there was almost a generation between my grandparents on my dad's side and my grandparents on my mom's side because um, my mom was, was, my grandparents were pretty late in their, they were in their 40s when they had my mom. And so, um, you know, I think there was kind of a difference there in just um, maybe the way some of the values and stuff, because they changed through the generations. And so um, being, like you said, uh, on the older side of the millennials, I, I think um, I may tend to go a little more... Um, towards the boomer generation maybe with some of my thought processes than like maybe even you even though you older just some things but um you know as far as my my peers go and and my generation i i mean you know the the thing i would say even when i was in school you you were starting to see the things that had always been a common um moral compass kind of erode um, mm -hmm. through media and, and just exposure that kids had at what age they were having exposure to certain things. And, and um, you know, like I said, I growing up in church and stuff, I was pretty sheltered to a lot of that, but I know some of my peers were, weren't as much. Yeah, and, and just to echo, uh, echo that a little bit is... Uh, our generation really was one of the, was an interesting time period of, 
you know, especially the older segment of, of what our millennial generation is, um, remembers a time before technology mm-hmm. was, you know, here and, and things vastly shifted um, to still being somewhat, you know, young enough to, to be an early adopter of, of technology and yet, like, seeing seeing how how it has changed, completely reshaped and changed our society and kind of in a unique perspective of, of seeing both sides of that and, and kind of experiencing both sides of it. But uh, it definitely, um, I've seen in people my age, it definitely changed, you know, just, just the exposure to um, new ideas and new information and, and you know, both both positive and negative, um, things that, you know, before that, you you had to actively seek out. Now it's at your fingertips. And so, um, being, maybe being forced to make decisions or be exposed to things before we really solidified our, our system, our faith or our system of beliefs before being exposed to, you know, a whole lot of other, you know, ideas and and thing philosophies and things like that um so so i i think that's that's caused a lot of confusion and and internal struggle with a lot of people in my generation yeah i I like all of that and 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 i hear from both of you and know from both of you and just uh, some of those stable and even older generational influences were were a big impact Mm -hmm. for you guys you know you absolutely both had had grandparents that were very involved in your life that you know had some of those uh, different worldviews and philosophies were able to help solidify that and then just that commitment and cohesiveness of your family which is not everybody's mm-hmm. story that's that's good stuff so so now Tyler the the kids that are in your youth ministry um, they're not millennials uh, these these are generation Z and they are a different set of people aren't they they are yeah they are. so so what are some of the differences you see? Uh, with with these this generation of kids from what you experienced in your faith journey as a teen sure, and young adult, sure. mm-hmm. um, you know I, I we joked earlier about me being in youth group and never leaving, and and that's kind of true. There was about a three or four year period where I was working in Springfield, and I, I wasn't able to really be as involved as I had been at one time in youth ministry, and so so I went for about three or four years, and that's been close to ten years ago now. Mm-hmm that I wasn't really around a lot of high school-aged um, kids. And, and I remember when I came back from that break, it was vastly different than it had been even just three or four years before. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of um, positive things about some changes um, that I've seen, but... Um, there's also some things that are, are concerning or challenges, you know, um, kind of as what Randall referred to. Most of our youth group kids, our high school kids, I mean, they don't they don't remember a world prior to cell phones and, and definitely not prior to Internet access and, and information. And so um, that makes them very resourceful in finding answers um, and finding uh doing research online. Um, however, uh, there's also a big challenge of um, helping them to learn how to trust a resource or or trust or know how to detect if something is, is legitimate or some, 
you know, not every voice online is one they should probably be listening to more than people in their actual lives, but um, that's sometimes a challenge. Yeah. Um, I've also seen a, a really big shift in um, commitment level of, you know, I'm going to be here or I'm going to do this thing regardless of you know who's going to be there what you know that's that's the big question when you have an event or something before kids will even commit to going well who else is going who's going to be there you know that kind of thing and so some big challenges there um i see a lot of um willingness though for for this generation to um interact with others in some ways um and be uh accepting um and in some ways good some ways bad there's there's certain um things that this generation um like issues with gender and sexuality it it's not a shock to them when someone says you know i'm i'm gay or i'm bi or i'm whatever the case may be um which is not necessarily a great thing but at the same time it's it's not something that they're so shocked by it that they they are taken off guard or speechless or you know or or even really greatly offended by it in a and when i say offended by it i mean in a way that would be um harmful them for them to be able to share truth if, if they believe now the flip side to that is there's a lot of i think kids that don't know the truth or adhere to the truth real solidly um as well so you know that's a challenge that comes with that so what would you say are some of the things that you feel like <clears throat> are the same between generations that, that that maybe haven't haven't significantly changed that maybe are still some of the struggles and things that that, that oh, t- sure. kids face I think um, kids want to be loved. They want to feel accepted. They want to feel like they're part of something. Uh, And I think that's been the case always. Um, Like I mentioned, I think it's important for us to be able to provide opportunities for them to to serve and have roles that that make them um, know that their talents and their gifts and their their presence is needed and wanted within um, the church as a whole. Um, and I, and I think, uh, family is a huge piece mm-hmm. for, for all of us, um, and is still for our students. So, you know, our aim or target of our, for our audience is, you know, we really want to be talking to parents and grandparents and concerned sure. adults. And so, you know, so you mentioned family. So what is the role of parents or concerned adults in your youth ministry? That's a, a question I've been wrestling with myself um, as I'm somewhat new to this um, in in some ways and being charged and just trying to trying to figure that out. You know, we've we've added some folks uh, in the last year or so to help with our youth ministry, which has been been great. And um, you know, ultimately, we want our parents to be engaged in what's going on um, and know that. Uh, we're here to support families and and 
um, specifically their high school students is is my role but but we want um, parents involved what exactly that looks like right now I'm still um, kind of working on honestly yeah so so if you could like just speak you know look at a camera or look sure. at it in the face of you know some adults uh, what, what's one thing you wish they knew right now oh man um, regardless of what they may say or do high school students need personal interaction with adults hmm one-on-one or small group in person not on social media not you know distracted i i just i see that so much um there's just such a um relationally starved generation and in um real relationships you know and i think the other thing is like that I would, I would tell parents, you know, kids know how to find information. They know how to find, do research. Um, where we really need to be teaching our kids is how to be good human beings. Um, how to relate to others, how to interact face-to-face because, you know, um, that's just, it's just not, happening anymore and yeah. and you know i don't think int- we as a society had to be too intentional about that in the past it just came naturally by um by learning from your peers and your family and and stuff but but nowadays you know it's kind of like the phenomenon of kids turning 16 and not wanting to get their license it's yeah. it's that sounds crazy to those of us, even millennials, who couldn't wait to get our license because that was our our freedom. But for for our kids these days, a lot of them don't really care about it because um, it really doesn't change anything for them because they have um, a lot of unsupervised time um, online, and and um, and I'm not. You know, I don't know that that's all bad, but it just seems like we've we've lost that ability for um, young people to even really know how to carry on a conversation, just a normal conversation, much less you get into any kind of serious conversation or confrontation or or any any of that. And I've seen that I've seen that really play out in the workplace a lot in the last ten years where I've been. Um, seeing young people struggle with this um, strange mixture of overconfidence and insecurity mm-hmm. um, where yeah. they don't want anybody's help, they don't want any input from anyone, but then when they go out on their own and they try to do something and they make a mistake, they they can't handle any kind of correction or, or yeah. frustration. And I think... Um, I think that carries over not just in the workplace, but in, in relationships as a whole. Yeah. Well, one last question, Tyler. Sure. Big question. Big vision question. Right? Okay. So describe your hope for this current generation of kids. Oh, man. Um, you know, my my hope for this generation would be that they would 
develop a firm foundation in truth and know what truth is um, and be willing to stand up for the truth against um, so much media mm-hmm. attention and, and secular attention of, you know, anything goes or, or whatever feels right is what's right. Um, and beyond that, that they would um, grow into productive adults that would raise families and, and continue to um, spread truth to their their families and their loved ones. Good stuff. Thank you, Tyler, for, for joining us today. And um, as we wrap up today, our two takeaways. The first is just, as Tyler alluded to earlier, take an opportunity this week to, to find a moment to have that intentional face-to-face interaction with um, with a teenager. And, um, you know, that that is something that you can't put a value on and and like like Tyler said that that face to face personal personal interaction is is just something that that all of us need um, and, and especially those you so find a time to do that this week and the second is to subscribe and like and leave a review so others can find us and uh, find this content be, be abnormal, abnormal.